Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to another Mojo Minute. Now, we are continuing in our series of Philosophy 101, where we we are following the great four-volume series of books called Socrates' Children by Peter Kreeft. And in our last Mojo Minute, we went into the deep end of the pool, as always in philosophy, with Socrates, our first philosopher that we look closely at. And we chatted briefly about how Socrates is part of the big nine philosophers and who are the big nine that we should know. Well, they are again, real quick, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Augustine, Aquinas, Descartes, Hume, Kant, and Hegel. And to properly introduce us to philosophy in an overall objective very top-level format, which I didn't do it the last time, and shame on me, slap my hand. Let me grab a quick introduction and a definition of what exactly is philosophy. Let's define the terms, as that would be the proper thing to do, especially to define our terms. Again, our book is Socrates' Children by the great professor Peter Kreeft. Go into the book. Philosophy, according to its three greatest inventors, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, begins in wonder and ends in wisdom. It literally means the love, phila, the love or friendship of wisdom, Sophia. So phila, Sophia becomes philosophy. Wonder means three things. Number one, it starts with surprise. What a wonder that despite my deepest desire to live, I must die. Number two, it leads to questioning. I wonder why I must die. And number three, it it ends with deepened appreciation. How wonderful that my life, like a picture, has a frame, a limit. How wonderful that what I so deeply fear, death, I also deeply need. The first kind of wonder, the surprise, leads to the second, the questioning. We question only what we find remarkable. And the second kind of wonder, the questioning, when successful, leads to the third kind, the appreciation, the contemplative wonder. We contemplate and appreciate and intellectually eat. Quote, unquote, we eat the truths we discover through questioning and investigation and in reasoning. So there we have an answer to the questions around why philosophy is worth studying. Now let us dive deep into our second philosopher that we should know. Number two of the big nine, which is Plato. Now Plato lived in or lived from 427 to 347 BC He was Socrates' student, as most people know. In fact, he was Socrates' prime pupil. Let's go back to the professor and his book on Plato's uniqueness. 
Reading Plato is an experience like reading no other author. Number one, he is a literary genius. Number two, he's a psychological genius. Number three, he is a logical genius. Number four, he is a dramatic genius. It's impossible to remain in an outside observer. He sucks you into the dialogue as a participant. No one makes you actively philosophize more effectively than Plato does. Most remarkably, he is an amazingly inexhaustible and fresh. After 2,400 years of fame, after being interpreted to death by everyone from college freshmen to major philosophers, after tens of thousands of books and articles about him, one would think that the platonic cow would dry up, but it gives genuinely fresh milk again and again. Plato most perfectly exemplifies the nature of a classic. Ordinary books are like milk bottles. After you drink the quart dry, it's empty. Classics are like cows. They're alive. They give fresh milk every morning, fresh insights every rereading. The dialogues of Plato are the classics of the classics. They are to philosophy what the Bible is to religion. Ralph Waldo Emerson said simply, Plato is philosophy, and philosophy is Plato. Holy smokes! Holy smokes indeed. So Plato is great. Now Plato's dialogues are the earliest complete books of philosophy we have. Now I found this quote from the professor to be remarkable. Let's go back to the book. His dialogues are simply the most effective way of making beginners fall in love with philosophy that I've ever seen. As a teacher, I've tried everything, and Plato wins by a mile. What does it mean to say that Plato's dialogues are alive? Well, at least three things. Number one, they are not outdated antiques. Time has not touched them as it has touched other books. Their appeal today is as great as it was 2,400 years ago. Number two, they have an effect on readers that only a living thing can have. They act on you. You act on them. You're a participant, not a spectator. They do things to you, energize you, change you, challenge you, make you feel toward them as Socrates' contemporaries felt towards Socrates, perturbed, confused, distressed, even sometimes angry, yet fascinated and attracted. No, attracted is too weak. It's more like falling in love. They make you feel deeply dissatisfied and also deeply satisfied. This is very good stuff. Plato was indeed amazing, but how did he compare to his teacher? I mean, what were they like? How did student and professor, how did student and teacher, how did pupil and teacher interact? What were their backgrounds? Let's go back to the professor of the 21st century, Mr. Kreeft, and his wonderful book, Socrates' Children, for further insights. It is an amazing coincidence that Socrates, the first and greatest of the philosophers who wrote nothing himself, should have as his students' history's greatest philosophical writer and poet to write his dialogues. There has never been another Socrates, and there never has been another Plato. Their juxtaposition in time and place is almost clumsily obvious piece of divine providence 
to anyone but an atheist. Why? Socrates was poor. Plato was rich. Socrates was ugly. Plato was handsome. He was probably a wrestler with a broad platuus in Greek forehead and or shoulders, thus the nickname Plato. His given name was Aristocles. Socrates mingled with ordinary people. Plato was an aristocrat. Like Jesus and Buddha, Socrates never wrote a book or founded a school. Plato wrote 30 great dialogues and founded the world's first university, the Academy. Everything academic takes its name from that school, which lasted for over 900 years. Actually, the very reason why we named our website the Mojo Academy was after Plato's Academy. Let's hope it lasts for 900 years. Yes! Thank you. Now, a little side note here, it actually lasted until 529 AD in a real quick, super quick, tiny, tiny nugget of wisdom. Do you know where we get the original subjects in our schools? Yes, they come from Plato. In fact, Plato's book seven of the Republic. Let's go to the book super quickly for that. The curriculum of the school is described in book seven of Plato's Republic. It became the, quote, core curriculum of Western education for the next 2,000 years, known in the Middle Ages as the quadri quadrivium, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music, and the trivinium, grammar, rhetoric, and logic. And finally, to sum up Plato, Professor Kreef gives us his expertise as a super good and very effective guide for us today, going back to the book. For Plato, teaching and learning presupposes and requires five things. Plato never lists these five things systematically, but we can see them in practice in each of his dialogues. Number one, there is objective, universal, and changeless truths to learn. The soul has access to it by its very nature, has at least hints or images or traces or seeds of it. All souls have the, quote, equipment, the native intelligence of it. By Socratic questioning, the student can lead to the aha experience of discovering these ideas merely by thinking. Number four, the student must, however, admit his own ignorance to begin with. Number five, he must passionately love the truth and be dissatisfied with his own ignorance. Ah, this is so good. Excellent, excellent stuff. So in today's Mojo Minute, we have so many nuggets of wisdom that we have gone over. But let me just wrap this up here. Let's take these five statements and apply just them to our lives, because we're building a solid foundation for flourishing just with these five statements. And the statements are a fantastic synthesis of Plato. Number one, there is objective, universal, and changeless truth to learn. The soul does have access to it by its very nature, at least the hints, the images, the traces, the seeds of it. All souls have the equipment, the native intelligence. By Socratic questioning, the student can lead to the aha experience of discovering these ideas merely by thinking about them. The student must, however, 
admit his own ignorance to begin with. A.K.A. let's think back to how many times we stress humility as a virtue. Number five, he must passionately love the truth and be dissatisfied with his own ignorance. We're going to call these the Plato Big Five. And a little PS here probably is warranted. If you want to dive deep with Plato, Kreef recommends three books that you should study. Number one, the Mino Dialogue, which is all about learning. The Apology, which is the most popular, and it's the defense of Socrates and of philosophy itself. Most high school students, at least back in the day, read the Apology of Socrates. And number three, The Republic, which is all about justice and its profit in souls and in states. Now, Kreef tells us some excerpts in The Republic are warranted if you're super tight on time. He tells us to dive deep. You will want to use the Ruse translation, The Great Dialogues of Plato, and mentally divide each book into three parts, A, B, and C. And then you can cover those in book one, book one, or book one. Book 2A, and then books 5B through 7A, book 9C, and Rouse's helpful summary of the rest. So that's a even deeper way to go into Philosophy 101. But in our next Philosophy 101 series, we will cover Aristotle, or as Thomas Aquinas and most of the medieval world called him simply the philosopher. But for now, let's concentrate on Plato's Big Five to create a foundation of flourishing. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com, where we have everything we discussed in this podcast, as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually six to nine pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.